guy to do whatever he needs to do to um well we got it back just did something there we go that's what uh that's what being a techie's all about right um so yeah that was rule 13 overtaking uh I think I was talking about stand-on and giveaway vessels. Stand-on vessel is the privileged vessel. Ooh, that was loud in my ears. Um, the giveaway vessel is the one, the vessel required to maneuver one way or the other to give the stand-on vessel room. Um, and we'll leave it at that. We're not going to make that too difficult, right? Ooh, rule 14. I'm getting, I'm uh, turning my page here. Rule 14, head-on situation. Oh, my goodness. Yes. When you're moving slow like I do, head-on situations are, can creep you out. Um, for you folks that just like to run forever and ever and just change course at the last moment, or for you folks that only change course very slightly, so you're not really sure... If you're going to collide or not, please, I think we spoke earlier, uh, you're required to make a substantial course change when you are changing course to avoid another boat. You need to make it obvious to the other boat that you are changing course in this direction or that direction. Um, it's not a guessing game. So, head-on situation. Unless otherwise agreed, when two power-driven vessels are meeting on a reciprocal or nearly reciprocal courses, so as to involve the risk of collision, each shall alter her course to starboard so that each shall pass on the port side of each other. So there's your traditional, you should try to pass port to port. I know that's not always possible to do, um, but if you can do it, and if, you, if you've got room to do it, and there's no other dangers... You should try to pass somebody port to port. Now, again, out on the river when you got 20 and 30 boats all at one time running all in different directions, pretty hard to do. But, um, you know, just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. In your mind. Just try to do that. Uh, let's see. Such a situation shall be deemed to exist when a vessel sees the other vessel ahead or nearly ahead and by night could see the masthead lights of the other vessel in line or nearly in line or both the side lights, and by day she observes the corresponding aspect of the other vessel. So yeah, when you're at, when you're out on the water at night, and you see a red and a green light coming at you, you better be thinking about that because that's that's collision. That's pretty much a collision course right there. If you see both the running lights at the same time, uh, it's one thing if you see either the green or the red, or if you're overtaking the the white stern light, but. If you see the green or the red, you know they're coming towards you. Uh, but you can generally pretty well tell that, you know, one way or the other, they're going to they're gonna pass by you. But if you see the green and the red simultaneously and the, uh, and the white light, overhead light, all-round uh, white light, you better be making some uh, choices on what you're going to do or, or at least paying attention. Uh, because of C, note C, when a vessel is in any doubt as to whether such a situation exists, she shall assume that it does and exist, uh, does exist and act accordingly. So yeah, if you're, again, just like an overtaking, if you're not sure, figure that it is and, and do what you need to do. 
And note D, notwithstanding paragraph A of this rule, a power-driven vessel operating on, on the Great Lakes, Western Rivers, or the waters specified by the Secretary and proceeding downbound with following current shall have the right-of-way over an upbound vessel and shall propose the manner of passage. So I, I think we spoke about that. That's the Western River rules. And there um, there's some additional things if you're out on uh, any of the Western Rivers that you need to know. Um boating wise as far as up current and down current because generally uh, the person going up uh, against the current or up river has better control of their vessel over someone who's got the current following them or pushing them down the river so that's a whole nother thing though and we're just pretty much talking about uh, the bay area here uh, let me see so that was rules 9 through 13 14. Oh, yeah, 13 were overtaken. Rule 14 was head-on situation. Rule 15, crossing situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, note A, when two power vessels are crossing as to involve risk of collision, the vessel which has the other on her starboard side shall keep out of the way and shall, if circumstances of the case admit, avoid crossing ahead of the other vessel. So basically, it's like driving a car, yield to the right. You know, right? I mean, when you, you generally when you come to a four-way stop, oh, and you have a person to the right of you, you generally you try to let them go first, uh, and it's pretty much the same uh, on the water. So at night you're going to see their red light, and what does a red light mean? Stop, right? So what you want to do, just because. You see their red light at night or they are on the starboard or the right side of you and cutting in front of you. Doesn't mean that you speed up and try to cross in front of them. That's what this note is saying. Note A is saying. You are to avoid that. What, you're, what you have to do is you'll slow down or you're going to turn to the right yourself to go behind them. Um, I think we spoke earlier about... You know, these rules are all pretty much written as one vessel opposed to another vessel, and any more than two vessels is a special circumstance. So if you turn to the right to go behind somebody, but you put yourself in a collision situation with another boat that's on the river, or maybe somebody's following that guy, and you put yourself in a collision situation with him, you are in a special situation, so sometimes sometimes it's best to back her down, come off plane if you're on a, in a power boat, and just let the situation sort itself out uh, with a little input from you. Sometimes it's just let it's, sometimes it's just best best to let the thing if you got a couple people that are coming from your right, and it's impossible for you to go right because there's a sailboat there or there's a windsurfer there, there's a jet ski or whatever. You best just uh, come down off plane and slowly let the situation sort itself out. And the other thing is you should be paying attention enough, far enough out in front of you to see that that's probably going to happen and let me make my maneuver now while I'm still a mile away from them or a half a mile away from them or something like that, rather than run all the way up to the point where it's like, okay, you got to do something now or you're going to run into this guy. 
Um, so, uh, situational awareness, we did talk about that. Uh, it's good to keep everybody in view all the time and be safe. So, um, Part B uh, of the uh, Rule 15 is also has to do with the Great Lakes, the Western Rivers, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, again, we're not really talking about those dudes right now. Rule 16, action by the giveaway vessel. So, again, you have the stand-on vessel, which has the privilege, and then you have the giveaway vessel, which is supposed to maneuver one way or another as to avoid the stand-on vessel. So, this is what we're talking about here. Every vessel, which is directed to keep out of the way of another vessel, shall, so far as possible, take early and substantial action to keep well clear. I guess I got a little bit ahead of myself, and we just spoke about that. You're better off um, take early and substantial action when the folks are a mile away or a half a mile away or, you know, 100 yards away even. But, you know, if you're waiting to get down to the last 50 or 20 yards, you probably are waiting too late. So you need to think a little bit more ahead than that. Which leads us to Rule 17, action by the stand-on vessel, which is the privileged vessel, which supposedly you don't really have to do anything other than avoid running into the guy that's supposed to be avoiding you, which takes us all the way back to the general uh, prudential rule, right? Rule number two is like, just because you're the stand-on vessel doesn't mean that you have permission to run into the guy and scream and yell and say, hey, I had the right of way and you didn't. Um, because that ain't going to fly. They're not going to like that a bit. So, Rule 17, action by the stand-on vessel. No day. Where two vessel, where one of two vessels is to keep out of the way, the other shall keep her course and speed. So, good point. If you are the stand-on vessel, if you're, you're, you're jetting across the river at 20 knots, and you see a guy off to the port or the left side of you, and you understand... He really is supposed to maneuver around you. You know, don't be like speeding up or slowing down or, 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 or doing anything crazy. Just maintain your speed that you were running because he's making his judgment on what you're currently doing. And as, as best you can. I mean, I mean, don't run into somebody or something doing that. But um, if you're in open water there... Just keep your speed, keep your course, and let him work his way around you. The latter vessel may, however, take action to avoid collision by maneuver alone. As soon as it becomes apparent to the other vessel required to keep out of the way, it's not taking appropriate action in compliance with these rules. So again, just because you're the stand-on vessel or the privileged vessel, however you want to term it, that doesn't give you permission to run into them. <laughs> If they're not taking the appropriate action. So at some point, I, I'm, of course, I'm moving slow anyway. So I'm always concerned about everybody that's coming up on me fast. But I'm thinking way out in front, man. I'm like, what if this dude doesn't turn? You know, I, what am I going to do? So I'm, I'm, I'm picking it out or the best, the, uh, the best out I can come up with at the time. So just keep that in mind. Uh, note B, when from any cause the vessel required to keep her course and speed finds herself so close that collision cannot be avoided by the action of the giveaway vessel alone, 
she shall take such action that will best aid to avoid collision. Kind of the same thing. Um, giving, get, telling you it's, it's part of your responsibility to make sure you don't run into them as well. Uh, let's see. Paragraph C or line item uh, note C. A power-driven vessel which takes action in a crossing situation in accordance with subparagraph A2 of this rule to avoid collision with another power-driven vessel shall, if the circumstances of the case admit, not alter course to port for a vessel on her own port side. So, good point there. And that's kind of like a gobbledygook way to say, if you are the, the stand-on vessel and you're running across the river and you have a guy coming up on your port, and you are, he is past the point where you think it's going to be safe and you think that something's going to happen. Do not turn to port. Do not turn towards him uh, is basically what they're saying. Because uh, that, I mean, if you think about it and not to get too technical, but that just increases your closing rate with a guy, it doubles it pretty much at that point, or, or probably not doubles it, but by some factor increases your closing rate. So things are just going to get happen. So if you want to maneuver because you're worried the guy's going to hit you, do not turn towards him, which sounds like probably something you don't even have to bring up, but it happens. So your choice is going to be a starboard turn or, you know, or, 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 or back and down coming off plane, some choice like that. Uh, let's see. In Part D, the rule does not relieve the giveaway vessel of her obligation to keep out of the way. So that's kind of said all along there that just because you are doesn't mean you can. And that's kind of true with a lot of this stuff um, as far as the, the rules go. I mean, uh, it, there's a lot of common sense involved here, hopefully. <laughs> so, Rule 18 Responsibilities between vessels, except where rules 9, 10, and 13 otherwise require. So let's see. That's the overtaking rules. So uh, if someone is not overtaking you, then a power vessel underway shall keep out. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I know what this is. This is it. So this is the pecking order um, I talked about uh, a while back. There is a pecking order at who is who is the most privileged vessel on the sea, and who is the least. So, uh, and there's a way I can't remember. That. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, there's a way to remember this. Of course, they, you know, in the in the in the in the in the, mar in the merchant marine world, they have sayings for everything. You know, to try to help you remember all this crazy stuff. Um, so, very first is uh, the top of the list, the most privileged vessel of anything on the list is a vessel not under command. So, everybody's got to get rid you uh, give um, a vessel not under command room, regardless. So, he's the top dog. Next down is a vessel restricted in her ability to maneuver. Okay. Uh, third, a vessel engaged in fishing. Fourth, a sailing vessel. Okay, so sailboats, you're fourth down. 
uh, a sailing vessel underway shall keep out of the way of a vessel not under command, which he's the top dog, like we said, a vessel restricted in her ability to maneuver, and a vessel engaged in fishing. So be careful, sailors, with all your I have the right of way, I'm sailing, I have the right of way, I'm sailing stuff. That's not necessarily true. Uh, so we get down to the next. A vessel engaged in fishing when underway shall, so far as possible, keep out of the way of a vessel not under command and a vessel restricted in her ability to maneuver. Okay? That's how all that goes. Now, uh, probably didn't think of this one, did you? A seaplane. So a seaplane on the water shall, in general, keep well clear of all vessels and avoid impeding their navigation. In circumstances, however, where a risk of collision exists, she shall comply with the rules of this part. So the crazy thing, not crazy because it, it does, does make sense. When you are in a seaplane and you're driving around on the water, you are a vessel. And the rules of the road are the same for you as they are for sailboats, powerboats, kayaks, paddleboards, jet skiers, yada, you know, all the above. Uh, I think there, it might say here somewhere, I think, I think, uh, on their takeoff run, when they get up on the step, which uh, if you don't know much about seaplanes, um, they have sort of a step built into the sponsons that enable them to break free of the, the suction of the water. So when they get to a certain speed, they get up on the step and then they're like, you know, seconds away from flying at that point. When you're, um, when you're a seaplane and you're up on the step, then you're back. You're back. You're an airplane again at that point. Oh, that was rule eighteen. Actually, I think where did we leave off? We left off at rule twelve, right? Last time. I'm trying to do six at a time, uh, just to kind of keep this kind of. Yeah, that's probably a good place to stop here because we're getting ready to get into restricted visibility. Uh, lights, horn signals, whistle signals, I should say. Whistles, whistle is a more appropriate word. Lights and shapes, yeah. Lights and shapes. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do that other than tell you what color the lights are supposed to be, which is kind of a ridiculous way to do it. But um, I, like I always say, I mean, if, if you're here on the Chesapeake Bay, like... If you're here in the northern Chesapeake Bay, you can go sit along the canal, maybe at Schaefer's Canal House with your uh, with your family or your friends, and uh, you can watch the commercial vessels go through the canal, and you'll see a bunch of these lights, you know, uh, firsthand. You'll see tug with barges pushing ahead. You'll see tugs with barges towing behind. You'll see tugs with barges towing on the hip. You'll see large ships. Uh, you'll see a pilot boat. And they all have specific lights uh, at night and day shapes. Day shapes during the day. And 
Uh, so all the com all the commercial vegetables you'll you'll see these days shapes if you look for them. Obviously, as a recreational boater, we don't I don't hang an anchor ball, you know, when I'm anchored and all that stuff. Um, but you will see the commercial guys do it. So it's cool to sit there along the canal and watch in the evening, you know, and 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 watch these fellows come through and look at the lights and 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 see what they're doing. And it helps you remember. It helps it helped me remember that's remember what I was looking for for sure, you know. Because the crazy thing, there used to be uh, on Friday nights when I was driving the uh, the Bay Breeze, there was a um, a barge that came through stacked full of containers coming out of either New Jersey or Philly and going to the port of Baltimore, and it was huge. I, I I'm not even. I, they were 10 and 12 high, you know, all across the width of the barge and 10 and 12 high. It's just massive, massive, massive barge. But only had a little white light on the back of it because it was being towed ahead from, from the tug. So you could run right up on that thing thinking it was like a 22-foot center console until you got right up on it on a dark night and just saw how immense, you know, it was like a, a, a steel wall. So, uh, again... Uh, C&D Canal is a great place if you're down in Baltimore, you know, you sit down by the Patapsco and watch the ships coming in and out down there, you know, in the Inner Harbor, you'll, you'll see the ships at anchor showing anchor lights and all that stuff. So, uh, um, we'll talk, we're going to talk about that though. Uh, next round though is, um, steering and sailing rules, which gets deeper and deeper and deeper into all this fun stuff. So without further ado. And I don't even know why I say that, but I do. That's all we have for the week. Uh, that was your six rules for the week. And as I say, uh, comments, please send me comments if you'd like to. If you'd like to talk about it um, and discuss it more, love to do that. And uh, we'll see you next time around. So you can email me at scott at comesailwithme.net. That's my website, come sail with me on one word.net. Or you can find me on Facebook, Sundance Sailing Charters. Shoot me a message there if you like. I'd love to hear from you because typically nobody comments on these podcasts and I don't know if they're any good or not. And I'm not even sure that that's sure how many people listen anyway. But anyhow, yeah, shoot me an email. Uh, leave me a comment. Uh, you can go up to iTunes and Amazon and all the typical podcast places and just leave me some kind of a star rating. Uh, that would help me out a lot. Appreciate that. Other than that, have a really good and safe, I don't know, next couple weeks here. Until <laughs> we do this again, be safe out there and uh, we'll talk to you then. Thanks. Thanks.